Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. By now you know that on Tuesdays in the 11 o'clock hour, we do NOLA Coalition, the collaboration of business groups, community groups, not-for-profit, for-profit groups, Difference makers in our community trying to make this a better place to live, work, and raise a family. And we've really been the beneficiaries of being exposed to so many organizations and individuals uh, that have really contributed to the success of our community and are making differences each and every day. And I, I actually consider myself lucky that I've been able to have this opportunity to talk to so many beautiful people, and and today's no different. London Rogier, uh, Rogier, excuse me, um, joins us. Head kid at Camp Soul Grow, um, London. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just grateful to be here and excited to share uh, everything we're doing with Camp Soul Grow. So, London, um, tell me about this this. Uh, your title, Head Kid. <laughs> so I am the founder and executive director of Camp Soul Grow. We are a 501c3 nonprofit uh, that I created to help kids gain self-esteem and connect with their community. It was very important for me, and it still is, to keep everything pressure-free. So in that spirit, I tell the kids I'm not the director. I'm not. I'm just an equal to them. So I am... The head kid of Camp Solbro. <laughs> I love I, I love that title. In fact, I'm envious of that. Title. <laughs> I want to be the kid. head kid of something as well. <laughs> you can be our radio kid. <laughs> I would love to do a workshop with them on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, let's talk about it. So, um, tell us. Uh, you guys have been around since 2014. Um, you've conducted over 700 workshops. You've been I, I love this stat. You have disengaged 2,000 children from technology. Um, I tried that as a parent. It was very difficult. I did not win. So you must have a, one hell of a recipe over there. Well, you know, it's very important to me to, like I said, everything is pressure-free, and it's all about helping children gain self-esteem. So when I created the idea of, using the community as our classroom and the people and everyday local businesses as our teachers, it was really important for me for kids to be able to engage fully in the blessings and opportunities that are around them. So, yes, everything is very much um, organic, and we say no cell phones. Um, but it, you know, the whole idea is to help kids kind of slow down and see what's around them and be able to pull the 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 greatness from their community and, and be able to really like through self-discovery find the strength within themselves to grow as strong individuals. 
and be whoever they want to be. Uh, the whole idea behind Camp Soul Grow was to let kids figure out who they are in a pressure-free environment and realize all the people around them that are there for them so that they don't fall into the cracks of society where some of us, a lot of us, myself particularly, has been there. Uh, it's super easy, especially these days where, you know, cell phones and social media and comparison and, and just like that desire for constant st- stimulation, instant gratification, all that is there that for me, I want kids to kind of like slow down a little bit and make it cool for them to be able to do real things and kind of go within themselves and not have that pressure so that they can figure out who they are and shine their own light and feel comfortable doing that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to take them away from the cell phones, definitely. Absolutely. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, but as I was reading your materials, um, it, it occurred to me that uh, you, you work hard at keeping it real, and you expose the kids to the good, the bad, and the ugly of our community so that they can gain a better understanding as to exactly what's happening out there. True? True. Uh, you know, we everyone is accepted. Everyone is welcome. I say our only two rules are be nice and have fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't ever like to dull things down for kids because I don't want them to feel like things are being dulled down for them. I want them to feel like they get real opportunities to discover real things and try real things and be taken personally as kids. So it is very important for me to keep it real. I mean, I even keep it so real as to I hand draw all of our invitations and flyers and stuff like that. And it's very important for me to pass that along to the kids to, again, not rely on technology for things. And if something's not perfect, it is, it is perfect in its own way. So keeping it real is a big part of it. No one's perfect. And I really just want to help kids realize that whoever they are, whoever they want to be, they can be, whether it's, you know, they love pizza so much. They can come to a pizza making workshop and learn how the restaurant is run and how to make it and be inspired by a real life person in their community that has done it. So they have the hope to follow their inner dreams and, and, and be better people for, you know, our future too. I feel like one of the the greatest things we're able to do besides inspire kids and give them love is also like teach skills. Um, So I do feel like, not only is Camp Solgro an opportunity for the kids to find themselves, but it's also a great opportunity for the community to be able to elevate and through, through the children and through the next generation. Um, another thing I love so much about it is that it's great for the people who teach the workshops, the businesses, the people, everybody who gets to share their own passion and inspire a kid, no matter who they are, just because they want to. And it's like I say it's grow on both on both ways. It's like a cycle of giving and sharing and growing. So yeah, I'm super, I love the work we do. I started this nine years ago. Uh, we'll make 10 years, July 31st. Unbelievable. Um, I'm from New Orleans. I, uh, when I was in high school, I was you know a teenager that had stresses and I felt the world was going to end. I, I had some high school stuff go on and, uh, I attempted suicide because I didn't realize that I had the support around me and, and everything seemed so heightened uh, in reality. And then I lost my home in Katrina years later and got stranded in New York City. 
uh, I ended up staying because we lost our home and I just, I got a job there and kind of was just going. And then my mom died here in New Orleans in 2014 after a severe depression from Katrina. And I, and I watched her let her light go, the most beautiful and, and charismatic woman in the world. Uh, and so I kind of understood what she went through because me as a 15-year-old, I had that same sort of feeling of hopelessness and despair. So I, that is when I decided to start Camp Solbro. Um, I knew that it would have been something that would have helped her be able to share her light and her skills and be able to inspire a kid would have helped her be able to feel better about herself. But also the kid that I was, I would have loved it. And seeing the kids these days, you know, I see what it does for them to be able to have open arms opportunities and just complete support and inspiration around them. So that is what we do. And I've been fighting this good fight for years. Um, we were successful in Montauk. I expanded the Hampton Bays and had a bus and three locations. It was, we were rocking and rolling. And then here in New Orleans in 2016, my brother died. So then it really, it really lit the fire under me to come home and bring this to my hometown in New Orleans. So I tried to expand here since 2017. Didn't have the support and the team that I needed tried again the next year. I was kind of going back and forth to Montauk, getting the support and bringing it to New Orleans, trying to get it going here. Kind of couldn't. And then in 2019, I came down and um, and then at the end of, you know, it was kind of like getting stuff together. Uh, and then COVID hit. So we were kind of in a pause, although I did do, I did an art supply drive the first week of COVID. And I remember I, you know, spent all this money on the art supplies and this and that, and the thinking how I would have loved to receive a bag like this as a child, but uh, all the bags went in 11 minutes. So it was just that reminder that New Orleans is a bigger ball game than uh, than I'm prepared for was in Montauk. I need more help here. So COVID kind of, um, you know, shut everything down. Um, I ended up fishing down in Venice to kind of stay afloat and, and be in New Orleans and kind of get my feet back on the ground here. Uh, and then when COVID lifted, I started doing workshops and events down in South Plaquemines Parish because it was a smaller, it's a smaller group of people. It's easier for me kind of to handle and manage on my own. And then uh, now it's time to get it going in New Orleans. You know, after all these years, it's like the dream, the dream has to come alive. And here I am just like, cranking in every way I can to spread our word. So I can't thank you enough for having me today to be able to talk about Camp So London, and let, let me stuff. let me ask you, um, so in in the access to kids that you have, what, what do you see as their biggest challenge right now? And I'm sure I believe this, it's self-esteem. I think that, you know, I mean, for me personally, I I wasn't really in a school thing. Wasn't I'm grateful I went to school and I'm grateful I got to go to good schools. But school kind of was more of a pressure. Kind of made me feel like if I didn't do things right or fit in the the box they wanted me to put in, that something was wrong with me. And so this is the complete opposite of that. That's even why I call it camp and not classes or anything like that because it's just completely pressure free. It's for the kids to come and take what they want from it and grow as individuals and feel great about themselves, no matter what their backgrounds are, or what their parents' backgrounds are, or where they live, or what they look like. It's, it's completely just open. And um, 
to me, that is how you build self-esteem is to be able to give kids opportunities to find it themselves. So that has been my mission. And everything we do is free so that kids are, you know, limitless and it's not a burden on the parents. And we get different groups of kids from different socioeconomic backgrounds and different neighborhoods. And just, a, you know, especially these days after COVID, there's many homeschooled kids that don't have opportunities to try new things, try new hobbies, meet new kids, kind of just like be a part of their community. And I do, I believe self-esteem is the root of, of, of a happy life. So that is what my mission no. in life is, help children love themselves. Now, you guys are, are part of NOLA Coalition. Have you had much interaction with them? So, uh, actually, seven years ago, I was uh, I met. I was grateful enough to meet Michael Hacked, and I had gone and spoken to some people about Camp Solgrow. Um, like I said, now that I'm back full time, um, I actually went to a meeting on Thursday at GNO Inc. and the new superintendent, chief of, of the NOPD, was there. And she was talking, she was amazing, by the way. She was talking about how we can all help with crime and, um, you know, make the world a better place. And she was saying it starts with people in the community and the, you know, nonprofits that deal with kids especially. And I completely understand that. To me, it's like we start with giving the next generation the power they need and, and reprogramming the way that they respond to things. You know, for me, it's about giving positive you know, enforcement and not like punishing kids. So um, I don't know. I'm very grateful for GNO Inc. and all of their resources and all the people. It's so inspiring to go there and see all these people that are doing so much for the community. And, you know, that's like the, the people I want to be around are the people who are giving their time and effort to make a change in New Orleans for the better. Absolutely. Now, your program's a little different, too. You just mentioned it. You're actually do- conducting workshops in New Orleans, but also in South Plaquemines, and you kind of explained what your connection uh, down there is. Um, do you see that, that your program growing in South Plaquemines? So I definitely, you know, for for what we do down there, it's, it's big time for the kids. We just had a turkey drive this past Saturday where we delivered turkeys to the less fortunate from uh, Port Sulphur all the way down to Venice, and you should have heard the kids. You know, they, they're proud of themselves. They know they're making a difference. It gives, it's my favorite thing we do is giving the kids the gift of giving at a young age so they know their power. And, again, it's all about building self-esteem and helping each other out. Um, but, yeah, the events that we do, are, you know, I did a, a haunted house at the hospital at the Clackamans Medical Center for Halloween. They, they don't have anything like that down there, especially that's free. Um, and everything's so handmade with love, and uh, it was just, like, so wonderful. I do events when the kids are off of school and, and as much as I can. So the need is definitely there. Um, so I'm not going to stop doing our events down there, but it really is that I want to gear towards growing Camp Solgrow to, to serve more kids in New Orleans as well. And there's so many opportunities and so much talent in New Orleans that we can recycle here that, you know, so many kids here that need us, more kids. Um, so I'm, I'm super grateful to kind of be covering it all. Um, and, and that's the idea. Like we even have a workshop in January at Lolly's Chocolates in Mandeville and, you know, in Metairie at Earth Savers and just every, everywhere that we can be, we'll, we'll be. 
basically. I mean, I, I would right. think Cam Gover should be in all communities. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Clackamas Parish was a good start for me to get started again in, in southeast Louisiana. So if folks have an interest in uh... – Camp Soul Grow as a participant or as a donor, where should they go? CampSoulGrow.org. That's C-A-M-P-S-O-U-L-G-R-O-W.org. We are a 501c3, um, and 100% of the donations go to what we're doing. We have a holiday spectacular coming up on December 16th at the Venice Marina down there, you know, like I was explaining, this would be our third year doing it down there. And, uh, yeah, we need help. I mean, there's, there's, there's no denying that because we keep everything for free. And because nine and a half years later, I'm still grassroots. Um, I'm here looking for the support that I know exists down here so that we can help the kids in our future and, and be better for all of us. Uh, so, yeah, I would love any sort of um, – and, and like I said, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. But I would love if any business or any person wanted to come and shine their light and share their light with the kids. That's the whole idea of this. You know, we learn from everyone. Absolutely. So for if anyone out there that's interested in participating, campsoulgrow.org, London Rogier. Um, you can uh, reach out and talk to her uh, through that website as well. And, London, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for all that you're doing and the difference that you're making in our community. And I hope that you and all of your kids at um, Camp Soul Grow have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you so very much, and I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving and everyone who tuned in to listen as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, this past uh, end of last week, beginning of this week, has um, proven to be very interesting, especially on the front of the Shifa Hospital over in Gaza. The... IDF has been 
talking about the Shifa Hospital uh, as being really uh, a charade and that it's really a cover for a lot of what Hamas is doing in tunnels underneath. So when they went into the hospital and they started revealing videos about what was there and they had a, a number of armaments and grenades and this and that, uh, typically things you would see on one's person, the news media, major news outlet, started to go on, on the offense against Israel. And they started criticizing them saying that, well, they hadn't provided the evidence of what they've been saying since October 7th about the Shifa Hospital and what's going on there and everything else, without ever taking time to recognize or realize that maybe they're taking their time. They didn't want to really proactively go into the tunnels, not knowing that what they were going to find, because they were probably, and rightfully so, more concerned with the safety and welfare of the patients in the hospital and not wanting to create more harm, Right? Makes sense? Makes sense to me. It's what I thought they were doing all along because they've been very cautious about how they manage any operation inside these tunnels because there's a ton of risk to them as well. Well, thankfully, finally, the evidence has come forward and it's just left the mainstream media bumbling, fumbling, and not knowing what to say any longer because what they have revealed it's clear that there's no medical purpose to this tunnel. So everything that they've been saying for the last several weeks has turned out to be bogus, and exactly what the IDF, the Israelis, has said that they would find there, they did. And the fact that the hospital has served as a human shield, and now former physicians that work there over the past several years who are no longer there, have begun to tell their stories about what they knew and what everyone else knew, which is also what the IDF and the Israeli government has been saying all along. This has not been a secret. It's not as though the Palestinians didn't know what was actually happening. It's not as though they didn't understand the strategy, even though they remained very tight-lipped about it. The reality is, is exactly what everybody thought it was going to be. And thankfully, the evidence is bearing it out because the mainstream media would continue to rope-a-dope the IDF and the Israelis if it didn't turn out to be exactly as they had described and what they thought that they were going to ultimately find. What they did find was a blast door with a shooting hole in it they found an extensive tunnel network, a command center located under the Al-Shifa hospital. And they will continue to reveal a lot more as they make their way through these tunnels. And these tunnels are very sophisticated in, in the way uh, that they're set up. And one of the reasons they've gone in there uh, in very cautiously, they never know whether or not they're going to come across a booby trap or otherwise. And it's I'm so happy to learn, too, that the Israelis are now pumping into the tunnels what is known as an, an exploding gel. So this gel substance that goes in, um, it's sometimes referred to as sponge bombs, um, 
It's like an oozing liquid emulsion, and it consists of many chemical compounds. And you throw it into the tunnel, and it swiftly expands and hardens. And it closes these exits or entrance, the ingress and egress to these tunnels. So they're taking a very deliberative, concerted effort to identify as many open openings into the tunnel, and they're closing them off with, with this liquid emulsion. And therefore giving them less flexibility, Hamas that is, as to where they're going to be moving throughout this labyrinth of tunnels that are underground that do nothing but serve the purpose of being able to move from point A to point B and create surprise attacks on the Israeli soldiers. I love that they're doing this. This is what you call getting the job done. Now, there are a lot of people that don't. They don't like the fact that the Israelis have um, this technology and um, intellectual power as, as they develop their strategy and how they're doing this. They don't like it at all. And it continues to reveal itself, and the mainstream me media continues to try and slant the, or the, the discussion, the discord, uh, on this issue on so many different fronts, and you're seeing it in school campuses across the country as well. Interestingly, there was an article the other day that made the point, have you noticed the lack of anti-Israel protests at community colleges and trade schools? I don't know about you, but I never thought about it. There's been like no rallies in support of Hamas or anything else or setting fire to American flags and this and that and everything, all the other silliness that's going on across this country on these silly places that we call institutions of higher learning. It's interesting. Community college and trade schools, you, you don't see this. You, you don't see what that happening. wonder why. In fact, to the contrary, what you see more is people waving the American flag and understanding the importance of the freedoms that we enjoy. But in the end, no matter how much they try, most recent poll shows that the U.S. is actually in support of Israel. The Harvard Caps Harris poll that was um, the co-director of that is Mark Penn. He's actually a Democratic pollster, someone that I knew and um, in in my career and, and think very highly of Mr. Penn. Eighty percent of voters said they support Israel amid its ongoing war with Hamas. Now, it breaks down this way as to age groups, and this is what's really interesting in this country, the wide disparity of age groups and, and how they think, but, but the majority in each age group nonetheless. 55% of 18 to 24-year-olds say they supported Israel. 65% of 25 to 34-year-olds say they support Israel. 75% of 35 to 44-year-olds say they support Israel. 
and 95% of voters older than 65 said the same. So you can see from the 18-year-old, the age where you're able to vote, at 55% to 65-year-olds, those that are now Medicare eligible and approaching their retirement years, from 55% to 95%, a 40% swing in the viewpoint uh, in the country. Now, interestingly, the poll reveals that most people support four-hour pauses to help those in Gaza, but believe that Israel has the right to continue its campaign unless hostages are released. We're being told that there's the possibility of hostages being released here shortly, that we're getting close. Hopefully that's the case. It's going to be interesting to see what we give up in order to do it and whether or not we put ourselves in a tenuous position at that point in time. And there are those that are very anxious about what it is that's being put on the table because we're hearing from leaders of Hamas that we're close as well. So we'll have to just take a wait and see. In this same poll, the Harvard Caps-Harris poll, 66% of voters said Biden should support Israel and not pull back. Same thing, age group differentials on on that in a, in a big, big way. But Biden's standing amongst young voters is plummeting. Uh, they're blaming him for his handling of the war in Gaza. In fact, an NBC News poll released this, this past Sunday showed Biden's approval rating amongst 18 to 34-year-olds at 31%, which was down from 46% where he polled the previous month. So it's going to be interesting to see where this breaks out. The country continues to be in support of Israel. You wouldn't believe that if you were looking at the campuses across this country, uh, these silly places, as I said, that we call these higher institutions of learning, as to whether or not um, that is in fact the case. But the polls are revealing that we are still firmly behind Israel and what they are doing and we and in my view in my humble opinion we should be we'll be right back would love to hear from you 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line stay with us after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So there were a couple of states that most recently 
passed legislation legalizing cannabis, marijuana. Interestingly, last week there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal talking about Oregon having decriminalized hard drugs. And many there that voted and many that were advocates in advancing that position are quite frankly now openly saying it's not working. Oregon, you recall, was the first state to decriminalize all drugs. And a lot of the folks there now smoking fentanyl or, or meth on the city streets ball them up and toss them onto the ground. They're talking about the tickets that they get. And police there are saying the tickets now seem like a waste of time. In fact, most of the officers stopped issuing them a few months after the law went into effect. Why? Nobody was showing up in court. And in fact, drug treatment is down by over 25%. The vast majority of the people that were in drug treatment, where did they get that drug treatment? Yep, you guessed it, in jail. But once this decriminalization thing took off, it passed with 58% support in 2020, a lot of folks, a coalition of city officials and others who were behind this, are now calling on the state legislature to recriminalize. Have you ever heard that word before? To recriminalize hard drugs. They're working hard in order to try and get this measure on next year's ballot. And surprise, surprise, a recent poll found the majority of Oregonians actually support the idea. I wonder why. Because their community has degraded into a haven of drug addicts that don't know where they are half the time, don't know what they're doing, and are not seeking out treatment. They have a homeless problem. They have a social services access problem. And a lot of folks are saying they really misunderstood addiction. A Stanford professor who has studied the measure said they really had the assumption that if you decriminalize, people would come rushing in saying, please give me treatment. But addiction is not like cancer where people crawl through broken glass to get treatment. No, that's not how it works. In fact, the number of fatal overdoses in Oregon during the 12 months that ended this past May of 2023, rose 23% from the same period a year earlier to 1,500 fatal overdoses. That's the third highest increase in the nation behind two other states that have decriminalized drugs, not all drugs, to the extent of Oregon, but as well, Washington and Nevada. Big surprise there. They say that Measure 110 did succeed, though, in one of its goals, keeping people out of the criminal justice system. Well, when you decriminalize it, how else would you get into the criminal justice system for drug possession? About 4,000 people were arrested for drug offenses in Oregon in 2022, down from 11,000 in 2020. And then rather than just using the threat of jail time, advocates for decriminalization Say they spent a lot of time trying to persuade people to get treatment by having them talk to former drug users. But it's not working. People are getting peer support, 
to have someone to talk to about the predict the predicament that they find themselves in, but they're not participating in drug treatment programs. Remember, as I said before, the only ones that did were the ones that were in jail or were getting drug treatment in jail. One of the local business owners, Michelle Lowe, they quoted her. She's a 56-year-old bookstore clerk in Eugene, and she voted for this Prop Measure 110 enthusiastically. She, she self-describes as a Grateful Dead fan who had experimented with mind-altering substances. She goes on to support liberalizing Oregon's drug laws to be more like those of the Netherlands. But she says now, as she watched public drug use flourish in the city of 175,000, she feared she had voted the wrong way. She says there are constant problems all over town. It doesn't matter where you live. With people strung out on drugs, said Lowe, who described herself as a communist. She goes, I pride myself on being a bit cynical, but obviously I was not only cynical, I was naive. Yeah, you think? Is anybody there understanding and trying to connect the dots? Shop owners are complaining because people are loitering and doing drugs in front of their stores. Customers are not showing up because they're scared to walk in or down the sidewalks. And it just keeps getting worse, according to Matt Sigmund, an owner of a gardener floor covering business. Because he says drug users are congregating in front of his stores and leaving garbage and scare off customers. The garbage is hypodermic needles. And they don't want to come down. They're paying all of this rent to be in the primo spaces in downtown Eugene, downtown Portland. All for naught. Because the drug addicts have taken over the streets, much like the homeless have taken over the streets as well. A lot of states are looking at Oregon, and a lot of them are pumping the brakes. In fact, Democratic Governor Jay Inslee in Washington state just signed a law that boosts funding for treatment while maintaining criminal penalties for drug possession, because they were going to go down and follow the yellow brick road right with Oregon, and now they've decided, hmm, not so fast. But there are still those in the state legislature that think this can work. In fact, State Senator Floyd Prezanski, he says that they need to fix the law. One of his ideas is, listen to this, taking people off the streets for 72 hours after they overdose. That's the solution. So what happens after they overdose? They get released back out on the street. (laughs) Of course, he opposes bringing back criminal sanctions for drug possession. And this (laughs) wheels just keep going around. Max Williams, the former director of the Oregon State Prison System, said there's an old expression that states that the states are the laboratories of democracy, he says. But that's sort of distorted when you're not the laboratory, but you're actually the lab rat. How true. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us.
You'll be happy to know that a new survey finds that Americans believe that money can buy happiness. In fact, millennials say they need to earn more than a half a million dollars a year to feel content. Meanwhile, the U.S. household median income is 74000 a year. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 